During our fourth session, developments in Noon's case unearthed echoes of past failures. The girl recalled a familiar figure. The candleman stood before me, on the rooftop. He wore a long, filthy jacket. His presence, it reminded me of when the tide goes out. An uncanny sense of deja vu. For noon has seemingly encountered my Sisi's ferryman. I thought him lost forever. Yet, if true, he's somehow found a way back to where he began. And who is he? Some deranged bedlamite? A mutual dreaming savant? Invading the nightmares of innocence? seems absurd. All I know for certain is that I must dig deeper. You're listening to The Sounds of Nightmares audio fiction series from the world of Little Nightmares. This is the counsellor. Tape number 57, session number 4, patient number... patient noon. I was presumptuous, judgmental. Now I feel it's paramount to prioritise noon's treatment over several other cases due to demonstration of abnormal and neurological faculties. To disinter further, today I'll venture an unconventional method. dated, but this device should help attain further clarity. Please, come in. How are we doing today, Noon? Otto, what happens to a stone that has overcome its greatest fear? You're telling a joke? Yes, but I never got the punchline. I'll have to think about that. There, one. look! A moth! Mm -hmm. We went on vacation once, under my doctor's advice. Swarms of moths gathered round that balcony each night. They fascinated me, their little mm. ways, how they just existed. 
I collected them in Mum's plastic jars. Well, this might be a good time to tell me about your mother. I'd rather not. Mum didn't share my enthusiasms for crawlies. But moths were my favourite, drawn to lie under some kind of spell. Perhaps you see a bit of yourself in the moth, vulnerable, caught in the spotlight. The fame you received after the cure... I don't was... feel cured. At all. You feel you're still in the dark? Yes. But I like to try to fly towards the light. Hmm. Then let me be that guiding light. And eventually, together, we'll leave your darkness behind. How you said that reminds me of the place I visited. On your vacation? No, last night, in my dream. Let's make sure you're comfortable before jumping in. Oh, I feel at ease, calm even. Can I tell you about it? If you like, then I suppose you I awoke could... to wet air on a rooftop. Peeking over the ledge, I saw an ocean stretching all the way to the horizon. On the nearest shore, giant fish-like contraptions crawled out from the waves. And from their mouths, plump men and women emerged. Faces hidden behind wooden masks. Bodies tucked away beneath mucky brown robes. Some used sticks to labour up the long, winding boardwalk, leading from the beach to the lantern-lit market below. Their destination was behind me. A distant, crooked bathhouse. A voice whispered, Hey! And I turned to see a grubby, breathless boy stepping off a ladder. He dressed in tatty shorts and shirt covered in pin badges. He said, Do you know, Do you know a way out of here? I told him I was equally lost. But he insisted on travelling together. He went on. Other kids call me Jester because I never run out of jokes. I can tell you some along the way. I didn't reply, so he blurted. A man tells his friend to stop looking for the perfect match. But he stopped. I could tell he realised that parts of him were missing. As if just being here was changing him. I realised something too. My headache was gone. Jesse yelled out, Oh, he tells him to use a lighter. Then this boy was the impetus for your joke. You met a child in your nightmare prior, but this one sounds far more normal. He looked like the kids from school, only kinder. The ones at school teased me. Well, until I fell ill. After the water sickness, the same children who made me dread walking through those rotten gates began sucking up. But I've always been the same me. Funny. I feel less me now than before. Children can be cruel. I had my share of tormentors in adolescence. Really? It's regrettably common. 
Tell me what happened next. Jester pulled my arm. Look, he said, pointing me to long planks of wood laid out like bridges between the rooftops. Other children had travelled this path before. Other children? The walkways had been placed there. They were too narrow for those swollen adults below. It must have been other children. And Jester, he was real too. I felt his presence, just as I feel yours here in this room. Could that be the dream sharing you spoke of? Let's not leap to assumptions. Go on. The planks. We carefully walked each one, building to building. Below, the masked figures continued their walk to. Every now and then, a traveller would leave their place in line to take goods from the many merchants who'd offered all manner of soaps and perfumes. Their flowery smells mixed with the fishy stench pouring from the chimneys of the bathhouse. When we reached our final building, our only option was to head down the long ladder, snaking around the site into an alleyway below. Jester was a nervous sort, so I did my best to stir his courage and asked, have, have you another joke? And he replied, oh, right. What happens to a stone that has overcome its greatest fear? And there it was again, that lost look, like Granny used to get. I asked him, You don't remember? You don't remember? And Jester simply said, I'll know it by the time I reach the bottom. But before I could follow, something called out from across the rooftop. A muddled voice. And then I saw him. That man with the impossible face. The same one from the room of glass jars, but I can never focus on him. Noon, I need you to recall fine details. I told you. Especially when speaking about persons you've seen multiple times. Recurrence implies significance. He's a broken mirror or a photograph all torn up. Impossible to piece back together. I have something... A magic glue for your mind. I don't want to wear that. You must. If you cannot remember specifics, then I cannot help you. I must know about this mystery figure. I simply must. Um, all right then. A pendant? This belonged to someone very important. Gazing into its spiral always gave me relief. I found it can be used to offer my patients that same relief through hypnotherapy which will help you remember this uh, 
The Candleman is my name for him. I'd like you to gaze into the spiral. Watch it sway back and forth. Back and forth. Fall into the endless turning of the pattern within. And as you drift away, drift back into dreaming. Drift into a world coming clearer. Yes, I see. Then tell me of the Candleman. The Candleman stood before me on the rooftop. He wore a long filthy jacket. His presence. It reminded me of when the tide goes out. And his face, it moved beneath his hat, like soup, bits and pieces rising and sinking. Wait, I can see a little better now. His eyes are long slits, skin rough, sagging like melting wax. He didn't speak, but somehow I knew. The Candleman wanted me to open myself to this place. Yes, he has for a while now. Every night. Every night. Oh, I can see it all. A web. He's been with me this whole time. Watching. Observing. Waiting. What does he want? I don't know. Someone shouting. I turn to look. I'd like to keep talking about... No. When I turned back, the candleman was gone. I, I rushed to the ladder. At the bottom stood a four-covered brute with filthy arms. He must have broken away from the boardwalk, and something hung in his hand, flapping like a fish. He headed to the bathhouse, and something told me to follow. As I climbed down the ladder, I passed by an open shop window and poked my head inside. The merchant spoke in a raspy voice. What's your pleasure? A desperate moan came from the customer and he said, Suds, to cleanse this profane skin. And then the merchant lifted a bottle of pink liquid and said, This will ease your pain. At the bottom of the ladder, Jester wasn't there, so I set off, making my way through the overgrowth that had eaten up the land around the bathhouse. 
until I reach some vines crawling up a fogged window. I was in some kind of store closet. The shelves were lined with cleaning chemicals and brushes and buckets. The stink of bleach stung my eyes, so I rushed through the door. A room with shallow pools and the same polluted taste in the air as the stream by our apartment. The water parasite preoccupation. Something lives on, even after the cure, pinching my skin, pulling my organs, my head's like cracked pavement, and my scalp is itchy, so itchy. Ugh. Enough, enough scratching. Noon, listen. There's nothing on you. Nothing inside, either. It's only you and me and nothing else. It's all right. You're back. Safe and sound, as promised. Did... did it work? Were details glued back together? Some, though many pieces are still missing. And this continual mention of headaches concerns me. I'll look into possible causes and see what can be done. For now, the bathhouse, you were inside, right? Yes, and there was steam hung in the air, making it hard to see anything but shapes. The shapes of bathers, unrobed and unmasked. Some lathered away, some crouched in the water, others huffed the sauna steam. The biggest sat scrubbing himself with... with something that appeared alive. Creeping through the steam, I hid behind a bucket. The big one was before me, barely resembling a human. His body was raw and brown. He rapidly repeated, divide the gram from the divine, over and over. I suddenly realized what, who the creature was scrubbing with. It was poor Jester, sobbing and thrashing for his life. Stumbling in horror, I, I slipped on a slimy tile and the room went silent as they turned their heads and began a haunting chant. Cleanse her, cleanse her. Voices piled as their shapes stood and staggered into view. Their bodies scrubbed into raw spectacles. There was nothing I could do for Jester. So I, I picked myself up and ran for the door, but it was shut tight. The bathers drew near, arms reaching out. My hands grazed the crevice on the wall, which, which I slipped through just in time. There I stood in the storeroom, once more. The window was open, my one chance to escape. I climbed the shelves, avoiding the jars and containers that filled the room with chemical stink. Glancing back, I 
saw the monster standing in the broken doorframe, just his limp body under his arm. His wart-covered hand reached up, grabbing my leg, violently pulling me away. And all I could do was reach and hope. My hands grasped a jar full of white liquid, and as he ripped me down, the jar followed. The liquid covered him, head to toe, unleashing a cloud of gas that burned the very air, washing over me, sending me into darkness. A strange satisfaction came from melting down that vile man. I wasn't like that moth, searching for the light. I was quite happy, surrounded by the dark. Soon enough, I was back here, in the copy. Hmm. A more intense, personally rooted conflict this time. A desire to be clean, perhaps to wash away memories of invasive experience that your anxiety is fixated on. Yet, what amuses me is your insistence on actuality. Claiming material presence of others and environment. But didn't you say I could be sharing dreams? Yes, but that's a different phenomenon. We must prescribe further research. I will need to begin nightly tests and observations to aid in reaching differential diagnosis. Experiments? Do we have to, Otto? They'll help you feel better. And that's what you want, isn't it? Well... Yes. Of all things, it's the sound of Mum saying, Nanight, I miss most. The stone becomes a little bolder. Pardon? The answer to Jester's joke. It's an old one. The stone becomes a little bolder. <laughs> Now, before you pop off to bed, pick out another colourful delight for being such a good girl. Sweets for my sweet. Based on Little Nightmares from Bandai Namco Europe. 